Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Special bonus summer episode. Yes. Yes. Something's coming over me. Ugh. A listener's episode. Welcome to the summer, Kenny. It is officially summer now. It is officially summer. And uh, about a few months ago, we decided to celebrate our 100th episode by reaching out to the listenership of our podcast um, with the um, directions to uh, give us a story or an account of a Madonna moment, your favorite Madonna song, your defining Madonna discovery moment um, from the first chunk of her uh, musical selection from 1983 to 1998. So that's Madonna to Ray of Light. And we got a ton of of, um, contributions, accounts, narratives, missives. Amazing, amazing, amazing accounts. Um, which we're going to share with you today. I know, and I have to say, you know, one of the things that that everybody, uh, the delight and joy that we took from uh, um, listening to everybody's um, uh, contributions and how excited they were to share those opportunities. And, you know, throughout one of the great things about the podcast has always been um, hearing from listeners and hearing from people. And um, they all had stories to tell. Often they love, you know, they wanted to thank us for the podcast or, you know, love this episode or that episode or this moment or, you know, something Kenny said or uh, something I cackled at. And uh, they would share a story. And so I think that that's what kind of sparked this is that we wanted to collect some of them and share them with you today. And so I don't think I want to say anything else. I think we should just get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Keep, keep it together. Forever keep people together. Keep, keep it together. Forever keep people together. Keep, keep it together. Keep people together forever and ever. Keep, keep it together. Keep it, keep, keep it together. Hey, Mark and Kenny. My name is Weston. I'm a huge fan of your show. I've listened to every episode. Uh, and what I really appreciate is it seems like you take a cue from Madonna and put in the work and don't cut corners. And the result is amazing. And it's just been developing and getting better with time. And mm, such a fan. Uh, I could talk a lot about that, but I'm calling in today to talk about the song Keep It Together. I really appreciated you guys diving into that song and talking about the performance. Uh, That song has really stuck with me. Uh, If you listen to the lyrics, it's really the story about wanting to get away, but also longing for your family, or in a way longing for a relationship that you don't have with your family. And then if you watch the performance on the Blonde Ambition Tour, it really adds this layer of chosen family So I just feel like I have such a complex and important relationship with this song. Um, I first came across that performance when I was kind of doing my mid-20s deep dive into all the Madonna material I had never seen before. And at this time, I was also beginning to really feel this tension between my queer identity and some of my family of origin and whether I would be able to kind of have the relationships 
that I wanted for them or if, you know, this tension between my identity and their values or even just their comfort with it would always be in the way in some in some capacity. And so when I hear this song, I, I kind of just feel back into that. And to this day, that tension between my identity and my family plays out. And so this song kind of brings me to this fantasy about family relationships, um, you know, some that I do have and some that I will never probably have in the way that I want. And also, at the same time, it brings this affirmation of the relationships that I see as family that I found along the way. So thanks again for everything that you do. Bye. Hey guys, this is Craig in New Jersey, and I just wanted to tell you about the time I had the chance to play the entire Like a Prayer album for my mom. It was right after I got it in 89, and um, I was up in my room listening to the album, and all of a sudden the lights went out. There was a blackout. And um, I was like, this is the perfect time for my mom to hear the new Madonna album. So I uh, loaded my boombox up with, you know, big. D batteries, lugged it downstairs, and there was my mom sitting camp by candlelight. And I'm like, Mom, you gotta hear this album, it's amazing. So, long story short, player of the whole thing. I'm loving it. I can't tell whether she likes it or not. And we get to the last song, The Act of Contrition. And I'm like, oh my God, she's gonna love this song. It's so profound. Madonna's just like, she's just saying it as it is. It's amazing. And I'm playing it for her. And She's like, starts to like mouth along to it. I'm like, how does she know this song? And I'm like, like the whole thing's going on. And then I was like, how does she know this, the lyrics of the song? Oh my God. For having offended me. And I detest all my sins because of that frustration. But most of all, because I have offended her. Oh my God. You are all good. And I'm like, Mom, how do you know the song? She's like, it's the act of contrition. I'm like, how did you know the title? She goes, it's a prayer from church. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I used to say it in church all the time. I'm like, Oh, she's like, I should have taken you to church more. There you go. My Madonna story. Hey guys, this is Tony and I am a all-time listener and also the co-host of the MLBC podcast. And I had to weigh in as one does. So anyway, I was 19 years old when Erotica came out, and as much as I love Madonna, I never really personally related to any of her songs, uh, you know, because they were too specific. Like, for example, Express Yourself is about women and their rights, and I was a closeted teenage boy, and, you know, Like a Prayer was about religion, and I was about to uh, disenfranchise myself from Catholicism, much like Madonna did, but still it was too early in my mind 
to kind of reconcile that. So cut to erotica and uh, I'm still very inexperienced, very closeted in college. And uh, you know, the album blew my mind, but the song that stuck with me, that resonated with me was Bad Girl. I guess it informed all of my dark moods, and um, I, you know, the video also was full of film references, like you know, Clute and Looking for Mr. Goodbar, and so I just went tragic. You know, I thought, well, when I do have sex, and you know, check it out, it's also 1992, and uh, there's no solution for AIDS, none at all, and we were being persecuted as a result. So. I thought this was a metaphor for my future. I thought that I would grow up, I would have um, one-off relationships, one-night stands, um, you know, longing, desire, and ultimately doom. And I held on to that for a while until um, the world started to change and I fell in love. I can't help falling in love, I fall deeper. Hi, Kenny and Mark. This is Bart from Amsterdam. Thank you so much for your amazing show. I really enjoy it. And the song I selected of Madonna is the song Deeper and Deeper. And the reason is that, well, it's just one of my all-time favorites of her. Um, it's so energetic and the video is so cool and it has a clubby feel and it wants to make you go on the dance floor. And, well, I also really like at the end of the song that she refers to, or she samples actually her own big hit, Vogue. And so the song also makes me think of Vogue. And when I think of Vogue, I think of Truth of There. And and this documentary had such an important, well, uh, such an impact in my life. Because for the first time I saw, as a young closeted gay, that it, it was actually really okay and actually cool to be gay. And although it took me quite a while to dare to step out of the closet, um, I think this documentary and and Madonna in general and all her music has always given me hope. Um, so I'm so thankful to her. Um, and this this album, Erotica, on which Deeper and Deeper is, is also such an important album in history, I think. Madonna took a risky road and and yeah her bravery is so inspiring 
in general. And well, the song Deeper and Deeper allegedly is about a young guy coming to terms with his sexuality. And yeah, that's actually the story of my life in the end. So, well, that's it. Thank you so much. Bye. Simon from Melbourne, Australia. I have been a massive fan of Madonna's for almost 40 years and a fan of you guys for a couple of years now as well. Um, Madonna's been in my life for as long as I can remember and her music has basically been the soundtrack to my life. The song that I feel a real connection to is Deeper and Deeper. It was always one of my favorites from the Erotica album. And I loved the live version that she did at the Girly Show the first time she came to Australia. Um, my main connection, though, comes from the fact that during the Rebel Heart tour in 2016, she bent down and touched my hand while she was singing deeper and deeper. So, of course, it now resonates a lot more with me. Uh, recently, about six weeks ago, I got myself my first ever tattoo at the age of 44. And the tattoo happens to be the lyric um, that Madonna was singing when she touched my hand, which happens to be never gonna hide it again. So that's now on my forearm um, and it's been done in Madonna's handwriting from the lyric sheet. So um, every time I hear that song and she sings that line, I definitely feel like she's singing it to me once again. Thanks guys. this assignment. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I couldn't think of <laughs> any other song but Live to Tell. Uh, it was formative for me. Um, we were friends with these girls growing up who were like huge Madonna fans. And when I was around them, I could dance with her music and enjoy it. But like when I was alone or at my own house, it was not like a thing that I could do. My brother had a a cassette player and uh, somehow got the Immaculate Collection, I think just because it was pop music. But I would steal it and listen to it. I would, I would listen to it on my own and live to tell just even the way it starts, you know? I have a tale to tell. Sometimes it gets so hard to hide it well. I have a tale to tell. 
and I knew you. And at 11, I was already working overtime trying to hide who I really was. And there's something about that song <clears throat> that speaks, spoke to this 11-year-old on a very adult and deep level that said, you know, maybe you have to hide the secret for life. Because I had already made up my mind that that's what I had to do. Uh, but even in doing that, this song made me feel so much less alone. Um, it gave me hope. And, you know, I'm glad I don't have to live with secrets today. But for something, something about this song, just always, it is my number one favorite song of Madonna's, and that's <clears throat> there's many contenders, but this this will always win out. Um, it's beautiful, it's haunting, and it's hopeful. And she's always given that to me. If I ran away. This is Shane from Los Angeles, California. Choosing a favorite Madonna song from 1983 to 1998, it's extremely difficult because this was when everything was coming together for her musically and she was putting out monster hit after monster hit. So to ask for a favorite song is kind of like asking a mother who her favorite child is. We love them all, but for different reasons. Well, maybe not all. Kenny, I know it. But you get the idea. If you were to ask me what my favorite Madonna song from all time is, I would say, hands down, like a prayer. Not only is it my favorite Madonna song, but it's also my favorite pop song of all time. However, the song that carries the most emotional impact for me is Vogue. Vogue came out when I was a 10-year-old boy, and to say that I was the black sheep of the family would be an understatement. That included my musical tastes. No one in my family liked the same kind of music I did. When I first heard Vogue, I knew that the song was special. It touched something inside of me that made my heart jump and made me want to get up and dance. But I was alone in that. No one else in the family had any interest in Vogue or Madonna or pop music in general. One day, my aunt had come to pick me up to drive me somewhere and she popped in the I'm Breathless album cassette and Vogue started playing. I found out that she loved that song too. And it was one of the first times that I can remember where I felt some sort of validation and acceptance. And I'm happy to say that that moment started a friendship that lasted many years. And she was the first of any family member to really love me for who I was without reservation and accept me, especially in the years that followed. We bonded over Madonna. And that was a special moment that I will never forget.
My husband and I were married in 2014 in Scotland. We had friends come from all over, um, people I'd known for many years, but not many people who had known me back in the 90s when I was a teenager uh, in high school and brazenly obsessed with Madonna. Uh, Over the years, as I've aged, I have uh, prided myself in having concealed my Madonna fandom to the point of just appearing a casual fan, somebody who's interested and cares, but not much more than that. Turns out that pride has been misplaced because I discovered real loud and clear at my wedding that everyone identifies me with Madonna. It was clear from the moment the ceremony began and the officiant referenced meeting me in my home and seeing on the wall the entire Madonna back catalog. My brother gave a toast at the wedding and referred to growing up with me and listening through the wall of our adjoining bedrooms to borderline over and over again, because it's an amazing song. Guest after guest, kept poking fun at me and my Madonna obsession. It was getting embarrassing. Finally, one of my husband's friends took the mic to give a toast and I thought, it's a reprieve, I am safe because he is not a Madonna obsessor. She's not gonna reference Madonna. How wrong I was because she channeled Madonna lyrics and song in order to give my husband some marital advice. And as she began singing, friend after friend sang along until we had an entire room of 80 people chanting that my husband should not go for second best baby. Awesome. Turns out I didn't hide my obsession from anybody. You don't need diamond rings or 18 karat gold. (laughs) Fancy cars that go very fast, you know. They never last. Oh no! Oh no! But what you need is a big strong hand to... Bring you to your higher ground. And we'll make you feel like a queen on the throne. Make him love you till you can't come down. Is impromptu. So don't look for a second best baby. You know, you know, you got to. Baby, know your love is free. Express yourself, you've got to make it. Hey, 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 hey. Cause if you want it right now, Baby, show you how. Express right now with baby ready or not. Express yourself, hey, hey. Thank you.
Hello, this is Wayne from the Madonna Get Together. I just wanted to wish you guys a happy 100th episode. I am a huge fan of the show and can't wait to see what you guys have in store for us next. My Madonna song of choice is Express Yourself. We know that the song has much significance in her career with it being one of the most recognized and best female anthems of of all female anthems. But for me, it is not only just the song from the album version to the seven inch remix to all the the Shep Pettibone nonstop remixes, um, the remix that was used for the video. And the video has so much imagery that just fits so well with the song uh, with the Metropolis influence and with it being the most expensive video being made, it really influenced me to really understand um, art and culture. You know, f- also from the the different single artwork covers to the way it translated live to the MTV Awards and Blonde Ambition performances, the Girly Show and beyond. Like, it is the song that made me a fan. It is the song that has kept me a fan for all these years and will continue to keep me a fan. And it will be a song that I never get tired of. Beauregard von Hoffman, artist, Hollywood, California. In late 1994, I was in directing school, and we were in between two different um, surreal-based artists. Um, specifically, I was um, into Eugene Ernesco, and I was directing The Bald Soprano, and I had six actors. I was in the hallway. We were blocking it very, very slowly because there was a lot of staging. And my friend Jeremy Sagers, who's a great director even to this day, runs up to me and says, Bo, you've got to see this video. It's very you. It's very surreal. And I go, well, if it's not surreal, I'm not into it. If there's no symbolism, then I'm not into it. Because no, no, it's surreal and symbolic. It's bedtime story. And I said, oh, the new album with the font, the cool, thin disco font, bedtime stories. I go, please tell me it's on the right side up version. And he says, no. He goes, this is a video within itself. He goes, this video is so strong that it's on the level of thriller, on the level of, you know, um, um, basically you know, the epic videos of, of the era. And I said, okay, let me look. Let me watch this. So I remember basically, I think it was on Betamax, actually. I had had my friend, you know, give me a copy and I popped it into our, you know, lab there, our video lab. And it was incredible. The soundscape, the vacuum sound, or the, the idea of it being, you know, sort of um, of another world or another planet. And then, of course, this idea of an IV being green gel and her simply saying, ah... Uh, as her first word. Bedtime Story video by Mark Romanek that made me an official Madonna fan and expert because 
I would have to make up for all the years I officially was not paying attention. I remember Deeper and Deeper. I remember that video. I remember definitely that was, it was great with the basement, the Studio 54 meets, you know, satanic ritual, you know, whatever. And then, of course, fashion spread. I remember that was the most recent one to my head, but I never had really paused to listen to anything else or watch anything else. So the bedtime story video of late 1994 became my anchor point. I used to recreate the scenes specifically in um, referencing, so staging in my plays that I did or scene work that I did. I would put in, um, there was watercolor pieces I would do in 97 that were specific to the black-haired um, version of her with the bangs that exists in the oval screen and in the beautiful um, silver cube that's spinning. The visuals of releasing doves, and of course my favorite visual is her with long hair at the end, coming out of it with outer space, and she's flooding, her, you know, her hair's flying everywhere, and, and the children are watching as she rides that, which I believe was um, a bicycle seat uh, down the hallway in slow motion. Everything about the bedtime story is freeze-frameable. Everything about it is rewindable. And honestly, Bjork should be so lucky that her lyrics made, her, made it into this artist's mouth, you know? Bjork should be so lucky that Madonna Ciccone chose to attack this visually um, and melodically, you know, with Mark Romanek's work because it's um, in MoMA, you know, it's a part of art history now. And it definitely switched me from being a performer into a full-time director. Uh, as a visual artist, after directing school, I would be slightly depressed because there was no casts or anything to you know work with like we used to. So I remember painting a lot of these images from the bedtime story video. Everything from the koi pond, the double mirror faces, to um, the amazing you know the amazing audience and the, watching the oval version of her uh, in brunette. Because when you get a brunette Madonna, it's a very rare thing. You know, we only have. Uh, two or three references of her being pure brunette for a little length of time. And long-haired brunette really wouldn't come back to us until until um, Power Goodbye or Nothing Really Matters. So you really have that shock against the blonde that she was you know, used to, that we were used to. I love the bedtime story video. It changed me from an actor to a director officially. Um, my goal as a child or as a young student was to switch 100% into video directing. And slowly but surely, I would do short film, and then it led into photography. Um, but it's all because of Mark Romanek's um, bedtime story video. So thank you, Madonna. And thank you, Bjork, for writing a song as a favor for your friend. <laughs> Viva bedtime story. Long live Madonna. pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Shanti Shanti is my song. It was back then, back in the 90s. It still is. And I think it's not so much that it connects to a moment, but it connects me to a specific time when I was in my early 20s, 
My roommate was a metaphysical bookstore manager, and I worked every day watering flowers at a growing center. So there was a lot of hippie bohemian things happening in my house. My apartment was painted plaid with stripes going up and down to match this plaid couch that we had. And we had rituals celebrating gods and goddesses and superheroes and science fiction people and the force and, and, um, and Ganesh and, and all of these, um, all of these forces that we were feeling in our space. And the song just was part of that, the juxtaposition of, of modern music and, um, and ancient words and just, oh, I, it just reverberated and, and I loved it so much. And now I'm divorced, mom of two, met the love of my life during the pandemic. I have a pandemic puppy that sleeps a lot and I work every day, um, with young people to prevent youth suicide and school violence. And so while my work has changed, you know, when I listen to that song, it's a full circle moment. All the potential and all of the questions that I asked myself back then, I'm answering every day. And that song just brings me back to that root. Love y'all. One of my first memories, and in fact, my first musical memory, is my sister trying to teach me how to write my name. I couldn't manage to write the last letter of my name, an X, uh, so it was frustrating, but it was also fun. The music background was Borderline by Madonna. Every time I hear that song, it reminds me of simple days in Lima, Peru, where my sister was trying to teach me how to write and spell my name. Madonna will always be part of my childhood memories and I appreciate her for that. Snyder. Hello, Kenny Finkel. My name is Daniel Pabst and I come from Berlin in Germany and I'm a Madonna fan since 1987. And when I read about your challenge on Instagram, one song immediately came to my mind and that song is I Remember. 
It came out in 1994 and I was in 11th grade and I desperately wanted to become an actor. And so I went to see a coach and asked her about my possibilities. And she said, well, you definitely could become an actor, but you have to get rid of your lisp. Apparently I was lisping. I wasn't aware of that, but I had that terrible lisp. I was always talking like this. And I said words like school or saved or standing. It sounded like that. So I went to see a teacher and she helped me with that. And one of her techniques was that I would pause every time I would articulate an S sound or a SH sound. Now, I like to sing along to Madonna songs all the time, but it's very weird. If you want to sing along, I remember the strength that you gave me now that I'm standing on my own. But at that time, I was concentrating really hard and working really hard. So when I sang along with that song, I always sounded like that. And I remember the strength that you gave me now that I'm standing on my own. Well, eventually the hard work paid off and I got rid of my lisp. And I still love to sing along to that song. It will always have a special place in my heart. And I'll love this episode so <laughs> much. Thank you everybody who um, contributed. It's just so beautiful. I, I have to say I, I was editing all of these and putting it together and I texted Mark while I was doing it because I was I cried like five times. <laughs> you big softie. I am a big softie you but softie. it's just so nice to hear like to be in community and to know like so many of these stories felt like Oh, that mirrors my experience yeah. too, and yeah. and and it's just so nice to collect and 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 be part of that to hear that and and celebrate. I mean, I think uh, you know, times are so so demoralizing and dark yeah. in, in in both in the in America and um, around the world in all kinds of ways. And um, I, I I do want to thank. Uh, one of our listeners, Juiced in Amsterdam, who took a moment to reach out to us um, yeah. uh, in the last couple of days, given everything going on politically in, in the U.S., to just kind of uh, uh, voice his sympathy and support for us, um, our country, our lost, uh, forsaken country. But in these times, what is so important is to connect and is community and to find the people that make you feel seen and heard and connected. And also, um, because it's Madonna, and being able to watch how Madonna has been a, been a, a 
Madonna's work has been a witness to so many people's huge life moments throughout time, all these years. And, you know, I think, I think everybody who spoke um, had moments from years and years and years ago or like six months ago. And I think that that's really beautiful. I agree. Well, I hope as a, you know, a community that, um, you know, maybe there's actions we can think about taking together. Mm. And maybe that's something as we're moving into our next season in this fall, that maybe as listeners and us, we can begin to just dialogue about what we want to do. Yeah. Because it's not just about celebrating, it's about taking action and doing something to make our world a better place. A revolution of love doesn't happen by just sitting around. No, that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, Have a great summer. Yes. Finally, enough love is coming. Yes. I'm so excited. I know it's complicated, but I'm just so excited. Let's stay in the moment. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Yes. Platinum gold. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Till next time. Bye. Thanks again.